Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. Hello, I'm Brandon Ward. And I'm Ron Jorlock. Welcome to another episode of Pastor Matters. Uh, This week, I want to talk with you, brother, about pastors and criticism. Uh, Whether it's preaching, uh, a theological position, or the handling of a certain issue in the church, pastors will experience some form of criticism at some point in their ministry. Uh, And when we think of this word criticism, we tend to think of it almost always in a confrontational sense. Uh, but that's not always the intent or motive behind criticism. Uh, so, brother, my first question for you is, is it possible to deliver and receive criticism uh, in a godly manner? And if so, what, is this, what does this look like? Uh, and do we have any examples of this being done in Scripture? Yeah, uh, of course, uh, it is possible to receive and deliver criticism uh, in a godly manner. Uh, criticism is uh, is common to life. Um, it is it, it's not something that is uh, foreign uh, to our imperfect world. Uh, it's, it's interesting when the Lord created uh, the heavens and the earth, He said it was good. Uh, but he didn't say that it couldn't be improved on. Uh, obviously, there are many things that we have done and many ways that we have uh, used creation over millennia uh, that have uh, worked to cultivate it and, and so on. In fact, that's what he put the man in the garden to do, to yeah. cultivate it and, uh, and, and to keep it. And so uh, the creation uh, is a creation that is cr- uh, that was created and in a lot of ways is being recreated, if you will. Uh, and certainly we as humans uh, are included in that. There are things that we uh, that we do that can be better. Uh, there are things that we are, you know, that could be better. Uh, and so when that's pointed out, uh, that that certainly uh, is a good and a, and a godly thing, and we should receive that, and uh, we should point that out, you know, in others in a good and godly way as well. The scriptures are full of this. Uh, you see in the book of Proverbs, there are tons of Proverbs about uh, rebuke and, uh, and reproving. Uh, correction and that the wise person is the one that receives that reproof and receives that uh, correction and uh, and is, is wiser because of it, uh, the Proverbs teach. Uh, so yeah, uh, the person who is wise, the person who fears the Lord uh, is a person who is able to, to accept rebuke and able to accept criticism and go with it. Uh, one more example, in Galatians 2, uh, you have a, a sinful issue uh, in there where uh, Peter and even Barnabas uh, got caught up in this, this kind of uh, ethnic discrimination, I guess you could say. Uh, Peter was, was hanging out with the, the Gentile believers. Uh, I could imagine that he may have had some pork chops and ham and maybe <laughs> a side of bacon as well. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, the people from James's uh, uh, his, his uh, community, some, some folks from his camp came over and it seems that Peter was intimidated by that, and he was intimidated by uh, by the way that he was acting around the Gentiles, kind of being one of the guys, if you will. And so he pulled back, and Paul called that hypocrisy. 
because what he was doing by kind of separating himself, maybe you could even say segregating himself from the Gentile believers, was saying something wrong about the gospel and what the gospel sets out to create. And so Paul says that he corrected him, he rebuked him to his face. Uh, It seems like this was a public thing. He did this in front of everybody. Uh, So, yeah. Which is a couple of lessons to be learned just from that, mm -hmm. rebuking somebody to their face and not behind their back. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, Paul did not go to Twitter and uh, and begin a thread, you know, of all the all the things that Peter did wrong. No, he he uh, if I could say this, he manned up and went to his face and he rebuked him. And uh, and in so doing, uh, he gave us an example uh, that public rebuke and, and, and really criticism uh, may be appropriate in certain in certain cases as well. So you have the example of Paul and, and Peter. Uh, you have uh, the Proverbs and uh, as well. Um, if someone like Peter can be criticized, uh, then I'm guessing any of us. It's all fair game. Right, right, right. Any of us nobodies, we, we probably should uh, expect it in our lives as well. You know, I mentioned earlier when we opened this this episode that that pastors are going to face criticisms uh, at some point in their ministry, you know, whether it's preaching or, or not. Uh, how do you typically respond to people that have criticized your preaching in the past? Hmm. Well, first off, I need to just uh, this is true confession time, and so I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll be honest about myself. Um, I have a tendency to expect the worst. <laughs> <laughs> about myself anyways um so uh, i i have a tendency especially when i'm when i'm preaching and when i'm teaching uh the first thing that i think when i'm done preaching and teaching is how i messed up yeah uh i don't i cannot think of a single moment that i've ever preached or taught anything where i left uh that that moment that preaching and teaching moment thinking really good about myself um, I usually come out of there going, man, that was that was a mess. I completely forgot that introduction. I completely forgot that illustration, application, and all that. So I I have a tendency to be overly critical of myself. Yeah. Same to begin even with. when I'm done preaching, I'm looking for the nearest door. Yeah. Exit plan out of the building. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there are many times where I've gone to Annie and I've just said, uh, "Sweetie, you might want to get the car uh, started." <laughs> Go uh, warm it up. <laughs> Uh, you know, we're going to have to make a mad dash as soon as we get out of here. Um, uh, but so that's my disposition just, just personally, that, that, that tends to be how it is. So, um, I, I have a tendency not to hear the, uh, the encouragements. Um, when, when people come and say, Oh, pastor, that was wonderful. Thank you so much for that. You really blessed my life. The Lord really spoke through you. I have a tendency for that to go in one ear and out the other. Yeah. Uh, and when people are critical and they say, you know, you could do this a little bit better, that sticks. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, it's just a, it, it's just trapped in in my head. Um, so I, I need to work on that personally uh, to to be more uh, to to listen more to uh, uh, the the encouragements and and perhaps to listen a little bit less to the criticisms, but. When I am when I do receive that, I I initially think, okay, you know, um, how do I process that? You know, is that is that a good 
point? You know, um, uh, is it helpful? Is it constructive? Yeah. Uh, you know, and then I and then I go to work thinking, okay, how can I incorporate that? You know, how can I uh, improve on that as a as a preacher? Um, uh, I know one thing about me personally is that I, I tend to lean more towards the uh, the abstract and the theoretical, uh, so that when uh, when I'm not conscious consciously thinking about it, I'm not focusing on it uh, I tend to to drop off a little bit on the practical side the application side uh, and so that's a, a criticism that I get a lot when it comes to preaching that you know this was all good this was wonderful but but what do we do with this yeah. uh, and so that's something that I've, I've been working on uh, uh, much more uh, over recent years is, is how to be more practical that was good criticism that I'm glad that uh, someone yeah. pointed out for me and I, I can relate to you, uh, brother, of that, um, when people often give me encouragement, that kind of just goes in one ear and out the other. Um, but when they give me criticism, that sticks. Mm-hmm. And it's usually really, really hard for me to hear the encouragement within the criticism. I'm just, you know, playing on loop mm-hmm. what we said and, and mm-hmm. taking it as a personal attack. And and so that, that's just one of the things that I even have to work with with this. But uh, yeah. uh, in your Bible Exposition 2 class here at Southeastern, you, you have students preach mm-hmm. in the classroom. And one of the things you do each time a student preaches is to have the classmates provide some sort of feedback, you know, some sort of constructive criticism. How have you seen this play out over the past few years? Uh, are, are students typically receptive to the criticisms that they get? Uh, and, and do you do this? Is this intentional to expose students to criticism, uh, specifically to their preaching early on? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, first off, that's really one feature that I love the most about our Bible exposition courses is that it, it gives students an opportunity to uh, to get immediate feedback mm-hmm. uh, from their peers. Because uh, they might not ever get that again, right? You know, once they leave, right, right, right. And you know, folks who who have read the same books that they've read, they've they've uh, worked through uh, some of the same uh, 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 passages that they've gone through, and 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 they're able to get good, uh, hopefully uh, edifying uh, feedback. Uh, so that I've loved in our classes. One of the things uh, that we, one of the reasons that we do this is that it, it helps our students recognize a couple of things. One, uh, they are not the greatest preacher on earth. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, it's a good humbling uh, factor in our classes just to remind us that we, we've got we've got issues. It's like a college player going to the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you, you think, you know, you may have won the Heisman Trophy and all of that, but you just need one good pop, you know, <laughs> for you to realize you're a rookie now. Uh, you know, that, that that's good. You know, it's, it's helpful. Uh, so one thing, uh, one reason is that it, it can be a humbling effect. The other thing, though, is it can open up a world of creativity because you realize that this sermon that you worked on, you, you, you poured hours into exegesis, you've worked on your outline, you've worked on your intro, your illustrations, your applications, you've worked on your conclusion, all of these different things. And guess what? There's another way to do it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> There's always another way that you can approach this. There's always another way that you can uh, that you can uh, say this. Uh, there are applications that that may just not be as good as you thought they were, and and it's not a hill to die on. Just think of another application. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you can do that, and so it, it opens up the opportunity then for you to uh, uh, to 
to think through, to process, you know, um, uh, how can I do this differently? And, and if I can give another uh, reason uh, that we do this, uh, we, we have these opportunities for feedback and so on because it helps the, uh, the student recognize the need to have other people hear these ideas that you have. Yeah. Um, if you are the only person that you have uh, to bounce ideas off of, uh, you're not going to grow as a communicator, uh, at least not as fast and, and not as effectively. It's better to do this in community so that then there are uh, there are perspectives that you may be able to, to feed off of. There are uh, uh, just a different set of eyes on the text, a different way of reading the text that you may say, you know what, I hadn't thought about that before, but you know, that may, may make better sense of what's going on here in this passage. Uh, there may be applications and, and experiences and so on that could definitely uh, strengthen up your, uh, your sermon. So yeah, having the opportunity to, uh, to have feedback, it's great for them to have it in, in their classes, and hopefully they'll incorporate something like that uh, should the Lord call them to pastor. And I've even seen your, your feedback guide that you give your students. It, it incorporates both three things to keep mm-hmm. and then three things to throw away. Absolutely. You might consider throwing away. And so you kind of mix this. Hey, these are some things you might need to work on, but hey, you did a great job with these three things. So mm-hmm. it's kind of this mixture of both encouragement and constructive criticism at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so— Next question, do you think it is dangerous to try to avoid receiving criticism? Uh, and if so, why? Hmm. Uh, it can be dangerous uh, to avoid receiving criticism. And the reason I say that is it really depends on the criticism. Yeah. So there is destructive criticism uh, that's just not good for your soul. A wrecking ball. Yes, yes, uh, and and that avoid it. You know, trolls. Let's 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 think of it that way. There are folks who are just who are just trolls. Um, no matter what you do, they just don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, when you recognize in criticism, kind of a destructive criticism, where it's the the goal is not to uh, to help you become more like Jesus as a person. And to help your message be more faithful to the text and perhaps be more uh, effective in a communication to other people and feeding the sheep and so on, uh, then, you know, I don't have any problem with saying, yeah, you might want to avoid that. But when there is criticism that is constructive, uh, criticism that does help you become a better uh, uh, follower of Jesus and, and a better communicator of his word, uh, we have to be careful not to miscategorize all criticism as destructive. Uh, there is criticism that is very, very helpful. Um, I, I, I could give an example. Uh, back in Exodus, uh, you've got Moses. Uh, Moses is is burning the candle at both ends. All right, he he is the one judge for the entire people of Israel. Uh, he is obviously a type A type of, uh, type of guy, uh, <laughs> and he's he's working to to do everything. Well, his father in law Jethro comes into town, and he looks at all of this and he says, "Hey, hey, hey! Look, you're doing a great job. It's wonderful, but if you don't uh, change this, 
it's going to kill you. Yeah, you're going to be out. You're, you're going to be out very out. quickly. Yeah. Um, oddly enough, he didn't make it to the promised land anyways, but that's a different story. <laughs> uh, but but if he kept on going the way that he was going, there was no way he was going to make it into the promised land. And he gave him some constructive criticism. Hey, you know, you got to uh, uh, diversify this, uh, spread it out, delegate, you know, have other guys that are able to to judge the people. You only you're basically the Supreme Court. You take care of the of the big issues that they can't take care of and so on and then you know it'll bless your ministry that's good criticism that's constructive criticism listen to those who are able to provide that for you and for your messages um, and and you will only become wiser because of it yeah, I think the danger of trying to avoid criticism is is that it's impossible to avoid it mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. you know it's it's especially in the context of the church and being in a position of leadership you know it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like being on the beach and trying to avoid the sand it's like yeah. being outside and, and, and trying to avoid the sun you know mm-hmm. it's it's impossible you know mm-hmm. you're going to experience criticism at some point in your ministry and so i think instead of, of trying to figure out ways to try to avoid it you know maybe not the deconstructive but the constructive and trying to avoid that it'd be wiser to figure out how to handle it mm-hmm. like how to mm-hmm. process the criticisms like you and i were talking about earlier yeah you know i remember hearing a podcast a few years ago uh, that featured you know Paul David Tripp and and on the podcast Tripp was describing an encounter he had with a with a church member. Uh, th- th- this member came into his office uh, angry and 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 said a lot of hurtful things in a very hurtful manner. Hmm. Um, but but as hard as it was to do, Tripp said on on the podcast that when the church member had left, he sat there in tears, thinking, was there any truth hmm. to what this brother said? Hmm. Did this brother communicate something in a wrong way, but something that was also truthful and something that I need to take into account? And I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. Yeah. Uh, you know, did, did the member com- communicate his displeasure and the criticism wrongly? You know, a- absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, but there may be some nuggets of truth in the criticism, and I think it's wise for pastors to self-examine themselves when they're criticized and ask, is there something here? Yeah. Um, is, there, is there truth to what he or she is saying about me. You yeah. know, don't don't jump to justification. Uh, and instead, let there be room for examination. Uh, you know, let process through it. Learn mm-hmm. how to process through it. Don't don't try to avoid it. Well, I mean, we know that we're not perfect. There's only been one who is perfect. So therefore, all of us are subject yeah. to some form of criticism in our in our lives. Yeah, and if you look at the book of Proverbs, uh, Proverbs nine, Lady Wisdom's talking, and uh, she says, "Do not reprove a scoffer." Or he will hate you. What's a scoffer? A scoffer is a person who receives instruction. He gets instruction, and his response to instruction is, "Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> nah. You know, that's 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 a waste of my time. I don't have time for that. You know, you don't know what you're talking about. That's a scoffer. All yeah. right. Do not reprove a scoffer, or he'll hate you. All right. That's what scoffers do. Scoffers gonna scoff. Uh, reprove a wise man, and he will love you. Yeah. And then this in verse nine. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. And you see this pattern, especially in the Proverbs. 
just because you are wise, it doesn't mean that you are as wise as you can be. Absolutely. You know, just because you are good, you know, uh, say as a communicator, it doesn't mean that you're as good as it gets. Yeah. Uh, you can always be better. You can always be wiser. You you can always learn more. And brothers, if, if you're avoiding criticism, you're hurting yourself. Yes. Because this, this is shaping and molding you to be a better pastor, to be a better communicator, to be a better husband, a father, all of these different roles. Criticism is not destructive when it's used rightly, godly, as we were talking earlier. It's it's meant to build you up and to be better. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Absolutely. Uh, So quick question, you know, going from that that story of 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 Paul David Tripp and just the that church member that that communicated very very you know wrongly how can pastors prevent criticism they receive from affecting the way they see their people so if one of a church member comes and criticizes them how do how do they prevent seeing that church member differently like oh that's the guy that that said my preaching was bad last week yeah um well again let me qualify this just a little bit because um it may be wise to see that person differently. Yeah. Uh, if that person, uh, if their their criticism, if their their tone or their language or something like that uh, sheds light on the kind of person that they are, uh, perhaps if if uh, they're they're you know beforehand you thought that person was an okay person, but then the way they said it. Uh, was something that that revealed something about their hearts yeah. uh, then then sure keep that in mind you know uh, in terms of personal you know how do I uh, deal with that person uh, personally uh, we have to keep short accounts um, we have to learn to uh, to be gracious we have yeah. to learn to forgive be wise uh, especially uh, as I was saying before, if that if that criticism was more destructive criticism than constructive uh, criticism, if if it was more um, uh, if it was less a, a rebuke as it was a malicious attack, you yeah. know, kind of posing as as criticism, uh, then you've got to use discernment and and keep that in your file. You know uh, that uh, the next time you talk to that person, uh, you are being discerning and you are. Uh, 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 having conversations with that person in an appropriate way. And one um, of the ways to kind of discern between that de- deconstructive and constructive, if you don't know, is maybe talk to somebody else. Right. And maybe they can, you know, say, oh, no, you know, I don't see that. Or maybe mm-hmm. they do say, you know, brother, you do have an issue with that. Yeah. And maybe you do need to self-examine yourself. That could be a way, if you don't if you don't know how to discern between the two, a way to mm-hmm. do it. Absolutely, absolutely. But but we always have to make sure that we maintain a, a a sense of forgiveness and grace and and so on. Uh, Just because someone said something bad about you or something that needs to be corrected about you, it doesn't mean that that person was wrong. Uh, And 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 that's to your point, uh, Brandon, that we've got to, we got to make sure that we, uh, if it's true, if it's right, if it's, you know, if it helps me become more like Jesus, absorb it, take it, you know, take it on the chin and, uh, and, and thank that person for, you know, for that. And um, and seek you know with through prayer and so on to uh, uh, you know to cultivate that in your in your life by the power of the Spirit. But in terms of uh, if somebody said something that was mean spirited, if somebody said something that was malicious, you know they were they weren't seeking to um, uh, to build you up and help you become more like Jesus. They were really seeking to, to tear you down yeah. uh, and um, and 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 destroy your uh, your your heart or your soul or something like that. Then then yeah you know. Uh, 
we need to um, uh, respond to that person appropriately. Uh, if it if it needs a little gentle rebuke in return, then perhaps you need to give a gentle rebuke in return. But make sure that you don't hold that yeah. uh, in terms of a grudge or, or anything like that. Uh, be quick to let that go. As the apostle said, of course, uh, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Um, be angry and do not sin uh, in Ephesians 4. So we've got to make sure that we... Um, uh, that we deal with different types of criticism and so on appropriately. Being more like Jesus, I think, is a good filter to put mm-hmm. these things through because mm-hmm. uh, if, if your goal is to be more and more like Christ, then as you receive criticisms, you're going to be more open to the ones that are constructive because it's helping you be more like Christ. Mm-hmm. And the ones that are deconstructive, it just, you know, <laughs> you, you forget about it. It just kind of yeah. bounces off of you because it has, has nothing to do with you being more like Christ. It's yeah. just you know, trash being thrown at you. Mm -hmm, So I think mm -hmm. that's really, really helpful and insightful. Uh, We've talked a lot about receiving criticism, uh, but how can pastors lovingly give criticism, whether it be towards members or people on staff or or students or or any any type of people? How can we how can we lovingly give criticism? Yeah, well, uh, there are a couple of things uh, to think about. Uh, First, in Ephesians, uh, I feel like we've been in Ephesians uh, before, (laughs) in Ephesians 4, but it just seems like this cultural moment, uh, we need a lot of Ephesians 4 in our lives. And so Paul says in Ephesians 4, Therefore, put away falsehood, in verse 25, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Uh, The verse that I had just mentioned uh, in verse 26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Notice the connection between anger and giving an opportunity to the devil. Uh, In verse uh, 29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up. This is the constructive thing we were talking about. As fits the occasion. Now that's interesting. Because you can have constructive criticism at the wrong time. Yeah. Uh, constructive criticism at the wrong time can be destructive criticism. Uh, you've got to know not just what to say, but how to say it and when to say it. Mm. Uh, and then he says, uh, for the reason in verse 29, that it may give grace to those who hear. Okay, So you, you just think through those things. Is this going to be... Uh, corrupting. That's, I think, Paul's word for destructive. Uh, is it going to be corrupting? Is it, is, it, is it going to build them up? You know, is it, is it the right time? Is it the right way? You know, and, and so forth. Second uh, Timothy 2 is another uh, a good passage. Paul says in verse 22 of Second uh, Timothy 2, So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. Mm. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach. Notice the kindness to everyone and teachable. Uh, uh, So you've got to be kind in the way you speak, and you've got to receive people's uh, uh, speaking in a a good way as well. Patiently enduring evil. Be patient with people. In verse 25, correcting his opponents with gentleness. Okay, So you have, uh, uh, from Ephesians 4 and from 2 Timothy 2, these these, uh, very important passages on how we talk to one another. Uh, you aim for what is gracious. You aim for what is gentle. You aim 
uh, for kindness, you know, and uh, and and you do so in a constructive way, in a timely way, so that, as he says in Ephesians four, you may give grace to those who mm-hmm. hear. If yeah. you're aiming at spreading God's grace, you know, and and even in, a, in when you're being critical, I'm being critical in a way that you are, uh, in a way that you receive the grace of God when I speak to you. Uh, if you have that in mind, that will radically transform the way that we speak, and I hope it'll make your criticism even a bit more, it'll make people a bit more willing to receive the criticism that you give. That's good. Last question. This is going to be kind of a hard question because I'm asking you to speak to two totally different groups of people here. But what words of encouragement do you have for brothers who are on either extreme of this conversation? Brothers who are facing no criticism, and and they're kind of upset about that because they want to be better. They want to be more like Christ, but they're not receiving that. Or the brothers that are facing nothing but criticism. There's no Mm. encouragement, but there's just waves and waves of criticism. What what would Mm. you say to them? Hmm. I think that if if I were to talk to these two groups, I would say uh, two things. Um, One, uh, it's not as good as you think it is. (laughs) And two, it's not as bad as you think it is. Uh, For the ones who who don't think that they need any criticism, it's not as good as you think it is. Um, uh, You can always improve. You can always get better. Receive correction. Receive criticism. Uh, This is for your good. It's for your improvement. Humble yourself. Okay, um, uh, and 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 live in in such a way that you're always asking, how can I be more like Jesus, and how can I best serve Jesus? And this certainly falls in that category. For those who receive nothing but criticism, it's not it's not as bad as as it sounds. Yeah. Um. Uh. There's always uh something uh, that you can improve on, but there's definitely uh, much that you can be encouraged by. Uh, in your in your preaching, the uh, first and foremost, when you were preaching, did you preach Christ? Hmm. Did you share the gospel? Uh, did we hear again of the wonderful works of our God? Were we reminded again to turn from our sin and and turn wholeheartedly to the Lord Jesus Christ? If that's if you did so, mission accomplished. Go to bed, sleep well, <laughs> wake up, and and get back to the grind. Um, uh, you know, there are other things that you could do. You know, you could be better. You know, uh, in in being more practical, you probably could uh, get a little closer to what's going on in the text. You know, and all of these different things. And thankfully, in, in our Lord's grace and kindness, uh, there are th- uh, he has a very good memory, and there are things that he chooses to forget. Yeah. You know, there are things that he chooses just to let, let go, you know, and, uh, and that is the grace of our great God. And so praise the Lord that he takes what, uh, what will honor Christ, and he keeps that around. And everything else that, uh, that that we probably could have done better, hey, you know, uh, the Lord is gracious and the Lord is kind, and you have another day to get up and to uh, get right back at it. So be encouraged. It's not as bad as it as it looks. So for those who uh, who uh, seem to have no need of criticism, uh, uh, take it down a couple notches and uh, <laughs> and uh, and recognize that you, just like all of us other mortals, uh, are very much in need of of uh, sanctification and improvement and so on uh, to better serve the Lord. Every pastor has preached, every pastor has preached a message for the first time. Yeah. And it's a good thing a lot of those don't exist because we all would be criticized, but I thank the Lord that my 
first sermons are gone. Oh from yeah, history. I remember my first message. I remember the first. I remember the passage. It was Philippians three. I was a teenager. Uh, my youth pastor gave me an opportunity to uh, to to preach with the youth, and and so I did. I even remember it was on a yellow legal pad and I wrote down the notes and everything. I have no idea where those notes are. Thankfully, uh, the Lord has removed them from existence. Uh, And thankfully, it was during a time where we didn't have MP3s and all of that. This is pre-MP3 time. And so thankfully, it wasn't recorded. It wasn't videoed and put on YouTube. There was no YouTube back then. So thankfully, my first first, uh, sermons were in the dark ages and uh, and they can stay there (laughs) by God's grace. <laughs> yeah, mine are wiped from history, so there's no point of even trying to, to relocate them. Yes. Well, that will do it. Uh, we hope this conversation <laughs> has been encouraging to you, brothers. It is our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to equip and to encourage pastors. And I hope we've done that today through this uh, through this discussion. And as always, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. <laughs>